0: Welcome to the Nerdverse, nerds.
1: Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you MCU nerds out there.
0: I'm Joanna O'Bollocks Kropnik.
1: And I'm Brian Hippo Plopsky, And I'm so happy you could reject the field of breeds to be here today.
0: Because today in the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian, we are showing you our new skill sets we have to give you our immediate thoughts on the season finale of Moon Knight, Gods and Monsters.
1: And first, as we start every episode, this is your spoiler alert alert. I repeat, this is your spoiler alert alert. We will be spoiling everything about this whole series, about this finale. Uh, We will be talking a little Star Wars. We'll be talking some MCU stuff. So there's actually might be a lot of spoilers in this episode. So just uh, beware. Um, uh, Spoiler alert alert. But uh, before we uh, get into everything, we do have a fun, fun guest today. Woohoo! We are joined by uh, therapist and host of the Talking Horror podcast, Uh, Jamie Steiner, is with us. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yay! Thank you for having me. I also noticed that you said uh, season finale and not series finale. Yeah, I wasn't
0: uh, sure what what the (laughs) Twitter Twitter we're following is, (laughs) but I do Mm -hmm. think it will just be the season finale. Here is hoping. Um,
1: but let's uh first before we before we jolt into the uh, MCU sector of the nerdverse, and we'll we'll get to customs in a bit. Um, uh, have, uh, may the may the fourth be with you.
0: Yes, everyone. May the fourth be with you all.
1: Um, as you did drop you your microphone, move your mic- did you just, just force move your microphone?
0: Yeah, I force moved it, mm-hmm. and it yeah, was very yeah. graceful.
1: Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, we are here uh on may the 4th recording this episode but joanna i have a may the 4th gift for you
0: oh god what is it
1: uh i'll <laughs> is give it, it is, to is you... it the new trailer no no i mean that was a beautiful <laughs> gift for all of us um i'll give this to you the next time i see you <gasps> but
0: oh my god wrecker hunter tech crosser echo
1: <laughs> the oh uh, God, GameStop exclusive uh, Funko pack of all of the Bad Batch oh without
0: God. without
1: their helmets.
0: Oh, wow. my God. How cute are those? Wait, put it closer to the camera. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, nobody wants Crosshair. So rude. <gasps> oh, Brian, those are incredible.
1: They're cool, right?
0: Rekha. Oh, my God. Where's the little Omega? There should be a little Omega there.
1: I know, I know.
0: Oh, wow. That's the best gift ever. Next time I see you is going to be maybe at your wedding. So that'll be funny when you give them to me at your wedding.
1: Yeah, maybe not then. (laughs) then.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. So we got a new trailer.
1: Yeah, a new Kenobi trailer.
0: For Obi-Wan Kenobi. Brian, how many times have you watched?
1: Four or five.
0: It's just... It looks, I. It looks like it's going to be so good.
1: I'm just really excited. It, it's not. I, there's something about these trailers that is rubbing me the right way. It's not like you mean it, the Obi
0: Wan trailers.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. telling me the plot. The plot is that the Inquisitors are after him, and mm-hmm. he's go. He's he's going through a really tough time. Not just be not just because all of his friends are dead, but because like he feels like he's failed completely, but he has to stay alive for this boy. And it ties him back to the way he failed. And that one scene with him and Owen, uh, like when he, when he throws him some shade about like, Oh, just like he trained his father. Like, like that's the crux of this whole show. And we get the first view of Kumil Nanjiani. We see four LOM. Uh, we get, we see the, the, the semi updated look of the grand inquisitor. Um, we see all of that amazingly cool. We see a, um, a what's it called? Uh, a Darth Maul uh, uh, species. Um, uh-huh,
0: like a, it, a brother, Dark Brothers yeah. of uh, And Gothamir.
1: Uh, and like all that stuff is really cool, but when it really comes down to it, the reason why I'm excited to see this movie is not because of the prequels. It's because of Clone Wars. yes. It's because because Clone Wars is the greatest band-aid in movie history and um, it makes their relationship so much more interesting and deeper and believable and it erases a lot of the poor acting and writing that is in those prequels. Um, And the heart of Star Wars right now for me is that like Ahsoka, Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin relationship.
0: Well, and it's bringing in Bits of the canon from the video games, from the animated series, from the movies, it really, the comics, like it's really trying to pull Mm. in whatever all the Star Wars fans consider as their corner of the Star Wars universe to show that it can all work together. I mean, it's just, and did you know how, do you notice how like old uh, Ewan looks in that last shot?
1: I did notice that. And that like, stuck out to me. It really
0: like, works.
1: <laughs> it really works and like him hearing the Anakin, the, the oh Darth Vader God. breathing and just I'm like die. going through his head. Like it I'm just it die. just ages him so much. Like it's just a wonderful.
0: It's gonna be and Hayden Christensen has watched the rebels and Clone wars
1: sure but watching that does not a better actor make so we'll see uh
0: (laughs) i wouldn't be so sure i (laughs) i i think that it'll rub off on him even if he doesn't want it to um no it looks incredible i i don't know i don't i don't know how this is going to be terrible with you and as the lead
1: it's not going to be terrible it's not going to be terrible it's it's It will not be terrible. It is going for every person. It's about where it's going to fall on that satisfaction meter. That's it. Yes. Um, Jamie, what did you think? You watched it with me.
2: I did, but I'm not as caught up in. um,
1: Crazy nuts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your passport (laughs) is a little
2: lighter than ours. Yeah, it's a little lighter. I didn't watch Rebels or Clone Wars. Um, I like caught some of it while Brian was binging it the first or second or I don't know which time. Um, um, so I've seen things here and there. So I was asking him a lot of questions just about like, at what point is this all taking place, and like whether you need to know. Like, I'm excited. I just like need more context because I'm yeah. I'm a little lighter on the context. But I mean, I'm still I'm still really pumped, especially from what Brian was saying, just of like you know, having only seen the movies and then like the recent television live action series mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see, like, I mean, clearly there's an audience for more of the world, um, and just wanting, wanting more, but also like these really important characters that like, you know, I don't know what everyone's feelings here on, are on the prequels, but I'd like to see, uh, a, a different, a different. Experience of of these characters that like are really solid characters that you know I know that we can get more out of so I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
0: That's actually a really great segue, Jamie, because I'm curious what you both thought going to Moon Knight now, having so little um, knowledge of the characters prior, which I guess we all all three of us don't have a ton. I've I've read some comics, mm-hmm. but I. So I knew I know some I knew some things that like weren't a surprise to me. Do you think it served you? How do you feel about how the show ended up? Um, in terms of what you knew about it or what you were like, Oh, well, I already knew that, so show me something else.
1: Well, first, let's uh we have to go through customs because we're changing oh, sectors.
0: I'm arrested. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm
0: kicking and screaming i'm kicking i'm screaming okay here's a passport uh, seven oh, arc reactors
1: i have eight arc reactors jamie how many arc reactors in terms of the mcu do you have do you think
0: uh
2: i i don't know how to answer this question um do i just say a random number
1: well out of 10 how many stamps are in your MCU passport? Like how, I mean, you've seen everything with me and, and on your own, like what, uh, like How's your how,
0: recall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Recalls. Yeah. How's your recall? That's really what I'm is. a
0: seven and I've okay. seen most things like more than once, but I'm not like a comics total. I mean, that's a separate one. Those are stamp, But with the MCU stuff, how like maybe like a five, yeah. Um, it's
2: good. It's I good. mean, we've, w- I've rewatched some of the things, but there's yeah. definitely still gaps and, you know, some Wikipedia deep dives needed just to bring it Totally. You back
1: to we rewatched the WandaVision finale last night.
0: We did too. No, this, oh, really? uh, too, uh Was last night? Yeah. Last night or the yesterday during the day. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. Weird. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. So five. So. We're all sort of in the pool of, like, we've seen most of it, yeah. if not all of
1: it. As the kids at uh, as the Wildcats would say, we're all in this together.
0: Yeah. we all in this together. <laughs> Speaking of, that's a really creepy movie Zach Efron's going to be in soon. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, I'm just curious if you thought, Brian, what about you in terms of well, how j- little you knew?
1: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll wait. Jamie, you go first. I, I'm still processing that question
2: um yeah I mean you're right in that like yeah for me I have no context for Moon Knight I didn't know anything going into it I remember even when they announced it Brian being super excited and I was like who is he and you're like I've done some Wikipedia's deep dives so like I know generally who he is so I was just like I don't know who this character is but like I'm excited for, you know, the, the expansion of the universe that they're giving us. So like whoever, like, I'm not going to ever be disappointed in anybody that they announce that's new. And I'm totally fine with like, you know, this shift away from the the characters that we've like grown to love over, over the first phases. So I, 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 I was still really into Moon Knight. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think no matter what, I have a really hard time. I was trying to explain to Brian earlier that I think WandaVision is just my favorite. So um, bad. For like similar, I mean, it also explores mental health. But like in a, man, if if I could describe to clients like how grief looks, I would tell them all to watch this show. Like truly. The, WandaVision, you mean? Yes, 100,000%. Yeah. I just think that it captures the the experience of grief and defense mechanisms and like just how, what it takes to process it and like the hurt that you can cause along the way in trying to work through it. I think that it perfectly encapsulated all of that. And so a lot of these other shows that I think are also really excellent is me in my head kind of holding it up against how I received WandaVision. Um, And like most of them are all like really excellent. Like I know people are obsessed with Hawkeye and thought that was like a perfect season. Um, And I think that people have been like really positively receiving Moon Knight as well and like are all in on, you know, mental health being highlighted in this way. Um, But I think it still is really hard to like get me all in in the same way that WandaVision did.
0: Yeah, that's 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 well put. I mean, WandaVision had not only was grief so beautifully sort of um personified and what she did with you know her environment, but like how grief is almost a wonderful companion for her because like what is grief without what is love what is what is grief without love persevering. Is, su- is just, ugh, I just love that line and how you need one to have the other. And that's I'm already getting emotional. just really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. And then, and Moon Knight was, um, I would say a different take on grief and other, um, you know, emotional fractures and um, all sorts of, Gooey stuff that goes into our brains, definitely gooey. Definitely gooey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. So, do you? Well, Brian, I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to jump in to ask Jamie about how this show in general cope with this, or do you want to answer what I was asking earlier? Oh, you're muted.
1: Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the finale. Um, and then, and then we'll talk about like DID and stuff like that, um, and how the show handled it. Um, I, 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 I think that what, if Marvel does anything really well, um, aside from like casting and marketing and getting us pumped and hyped, it's allowing us to discover these characters through the show. Uh, without having any outside knowledge of who they are, because they could use those pieces uh, of of canon in the Marvel comics without, you know muddying the waters here, making it too complicated or whatever the case may be. And I think that Moon Knight did a really good job of taking whatever they wanted and like fastening their own, you know, lore for the Mark Specter character, for the Stephen Grant character. Um, and I really appreciated that they were able to do different things with the Layla character, um, you know, and I, I I really loved all of that. I actually think that knowing things about the comics hurt your enjoyment of this show. I would agree. I, I, and I'm about to say this. I, I I was really disappointed by this finale. Um, Really? I forgot we watched it today. Like to, to to, like, we watched it. I had a fine time. I moved on and forgot it existed. Um, I think, and, and we'll get into why, um, in a little bit. But I, I was just really disappointed by it. I was not disappointed by the performances, by the production value, by anything. If anything, Oscar Isaac is giving one of the better performances in the MCU ever. Um, if but not like, the best. Yeah. But, like, that wasn't enough for me. That was enough for episodes one through three. Maybe four. Maybe five. But, like, because five stood alone on its own. Um, but this episode really there were a couple of good moments in it and i will talk about those but i was overall i was very disappointed in this episode because because you you can't i'm sorry with all of the guessing and what that we're doing we're all becoming just so good at it that it's not fun to watch these anymore in some ways
0: there is an argument to be made there for sure um I think I think it's just I think it's just how it affects your watching if you're someone that you theorize and you catch Easter eggs and you try to you know figure it out before they show it to you and then you're let down I think to me it varies from show to show yes, um and I also don't. I, I sometimes consider myself kind of, like, stupid when I watch these shows. Like, I have ideas, but I'm always somehow, like, daft. And, and I end up being like, like, whoa, cool. Yeah.
1: So, like, so he, here's an example of what I'm talking about. The thing that really worked for me, and spoilers, obviously. The thing that really worked for me in this episode was Scarlet Scarab. A yeah. One, she's badass as hell. Two, yeah. Marvel has a history of waiting for movies two or three to let the women be the heroes. Let I did the women not. Ex- what did you say?
2: Let the women do the work.
1: Yeah, I was very much expecting her to just be an Easter egg of a character, and then like later on we get the Wasp, or later on we get this. Yeah. No, we got her in this episode, and she was the coolest thing in this episode, and that that like kind of cheesy moment where she's like, are you an Egyptian superhero? She's like, I am like, I loved it. That's what I want to see. Like, that's the kind of stuff that's exciting and awesome. And even if we knew, even if at the end of last episode, she was, she saw a suit or something like that. Like at the end of Ant-Man, the after credit sequence where like the, where, where Michael Douglas shows her the wasp suit. Like it's still, you could still make a very cool, exciting entrance, right? Awesome. The, on the flip side of that, they have been teasing Jake Lockley, a th- third personality the whole time. They have been, even in the previously on, they set up all of that stuff. And then it wasn't, we got him, but it. I did not find that sequence. That sequence to me was like, okay, they did it. As opposed to like, what if like in, like it's about execution. What if in that moment at the end when he blacks out and comes back, What if at that moment we cut to all of the times that Jake Lockley has taken out everybody? And like we're seeing all of that from behind the scenes because we knew that Andrew Garfield and we knew that Tobey Maguire were going to be in that movie and they did not phone those entrances in they did not it was awesome and we knew they were going to be there but in this tv show we because we've been watching and because like we know that there's a third personality we knew jake lockley was going to come and they for me they totally botched the excitement and the execution of this reveal and surprise cuz yeah. even if it's not a surprise which it is not to like viewers like us or and i i truly i'm sorry i'm getting heated i truly hope that someone who had no idea what was coming, like enjoyed the hell out of that ending because it was really well filmed and exciting. And I love that Jake Lockley is speaking Spanish. And I love that he like I love all of that stuff. But like that was not a satisfying reveal to me of that. The only reveal to me of that is that, um, Uh, Kanshu knew that Jake Lockley existed the whole time Mm -hmm. like everything else that was like not that like to me this finale was so by the books Marvel I could have told you everything that was going to happen before this episode started except for Scarlet Scarab and that's okay but like I could have told you everything was going to happen in Shang-Chi but like it was really really well executed this last episode it was just like okay they release Ahmed. Okay, the two of them are going to fight. Okay, they trap Amon in his body. Okay, he loses it. Okay, he wakes. and then And then the one part I didn't know what was going to happen is the part that was the least satisfying, which is like he sees his feet bleeding and then he wakes up in his bed again and like that's all we get. I hated that. I thought that that was just so unsatisfying for what was such a good fifth episode. And this was just like, buy the books Marvel. And the problem is, this is like TV show 30 or like content 30 or 35 yeah. or whatever it is, including the television shows. And I'm like, I, you, you, I understand that it's a McDonald's hamburger. Like you're going to get exactly what you paid for and like, it's going to be great and whatnot unless you get food poisoning from it. But like, <laughs> I, I'm just like, <laughs> I need a little variance, and whether that is in who the director you're getting, like I'm very excited to see a Marvel movie through the lens of Sam Raimi. I'm I cannot wait for that. I love seeing a Taika Waititi movie. Honestly, yeah. the um the what do you call it, brothers? The um the last. Well, the Russo brothers like brought this amazing like grounded spy version to Captain America. And then we're able to do all these things like, you know, like even Favreau's like kind of broy like, like excitement and Iron Man, like, like those things are really interesting. Like Peyton Reed's kind of like uh, way of working, uh, you know, things through the Ant-Man movies. This one, it, it like, I don't know. This, this really brought this whole series down for me. I, it was just like, Sorry, I know I ranted for like 10 minutes, but like, that's how I felt about this. I'm sorry. Like, I wanted to like it more. And the fight scenes were cool. I love the two Egyptian gods fighting each other. That was awesome. But also, Jamie said this, and I'm a Steelster, but I'm a Gamester. I had an Eternals problem with this movie. Which is? You, 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 You cannot move the stars you cannot have two Egyptians fighting in Cairo without an eternal showing up or without Thor showing up or without yeah. someone else showing up because they exist in this world they're there Captain Marvel is there like yeah. we the the like you I just don't believe it I just don't I, unless this is happening on a different earth or something like that like like and the the multiverse or whatever like I just I I it just I I have a hard time even, even though I know this is an origin story and like, he's going to be involved. I get it. But like, you you can't do that anymore. That's why Chi works because there's a, there's a magical world.
0: Yeah. I agree with you on most of that. I think in the time between last week's episode and this week, I had decided that, uh, although I gave a, at your request, I gave a theory that Kang would show up. I was thinking, you know, will this like, let's look at the facts. We're going to get a suit scene. We're going to get a battle. We're going to get something with Harrow and we're going to get maybe a stinger of Lockley. So off air, like that, that was already my thinking, which, so when that happened, I was more like, Oh, it's wow, even I predicted that. But at the same time, what did I expect? I guess. But I I mean, of course, when we're in that scene in Cairo, when he blacks out, I like you was like, oh, now it's gonna get filled in. And to save it for the stinger is like I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to know that he can be still tied to to them with but now only with through Jake. But it was, yeah, it was a bummer. I, I'm i curious to talk to my sister when she watches it because she will have no idea what any of, like she has no mm. knowledge of comics at all around this. She would never have known about Jake Lockley. So it'll be interesting to see what someone who knows literally nothing. And I think my point I guess we've now made is that in this show it might have served far better to know as little as possible about what was going on, but we all think the same thing. Like where are the Avengers when there are two enormous gods fighting one another and like taking souls while alligator eats them. It's just wild.
1: Also the powers of Amit didn't make sense of this. Is it perimeter based? Like can he decide who it affects? They have to actually shake their hands. It works too many different ways. I need rules.
0: Um, ju- But, you know, Justin commented when the alligator was eating the souls, it was very, it was very Shang-Chi of the dragon.
1: It was. It was very hungry, mm. hungry hippos, but with a crocodile.
0: That's true. Oh, that as well. Um, <laughs> alligator. Yeah, right I was, uh, well, going back to the beginning, I was, crocodile. I was sort of, sort of shocked. Cro- crocodile. Hungry, crocodile.
1: Hungry. Uh, isn't it like Crocodile Nile? Like, is that, isn't that how I need to think about it?
0: I don't know. And don't alligators are that. like. Oh, you know, yeah, they're. Well, crocodiles, crocodiles are the are worse. I know. Yeah, they. but
1: I think those are the ones that are in Egypt Does because it's crocodile not because they steal your oh, souls, Right, Wait, right Jamie, What did you think of this episode?
2: I mean, you said all of the things that I said to you after we watched it. Sorry, <laughs> right, I just. Um, I, I, I no, no, like, no. I, I enjoyed your rant. Um, I, but no, I mean, I think you articulated it really well. I, I just don't like. They're so good. I feel like the problem is just like the execution of the finale and conclusion of these big stories. And like, it's this third act problem that I feel like is, is happening consistently in TV series and the movies where it's like, you're building up these like big, the big bads are just so unfathomably big and bad. It's like, how are you resolving this so quickly? Mm. Um, It doesn't make any sense. And so like, whether we left with at the end of this, like not only are we to assume that uh like Harlow, Amit are are both dunzo, where like everything was leading up to that, like what is left moving forward? Are like other gods trying to also get out and do big bad things? And like that's what it is, in addition to like, you know, the the two like Mark and um and oh my god, Steven. Stevens is- even trying to realize like what's going on with Jay. Like, I don't know. I just, but that doesn't feel as big and meaningful as like the five episodes of like trying to stop Amit. So it just like, doesn't, it doesn't translate in terms of like the buildup. It, It, I feel like it then lets you down because there, there's not really an effective way to conclude all of this, wrap it all up neatly in, in the, like it just doesn't make sense that no one else is here. Are we to assume that like people are so that like the general public within the MCU are so desensitized to large global events that are causing harm to them constantly that like nobody cares and and like I don't know. It just it seems so strange that people aren't either like highly traumatized constantly on edge because like the next otherworldly event is going to come and like potentially kill them all um but hopefully one superhero comes out of nowhere that they've never met before and will solve it all too right so like it, it's just like stuff like that where it's like what is this all kind of e- and i know that obviously we're only in phase 4 so like there's so much time left to figure out how they're going to work towards this but i feel like in this beginning phase if you parallel it to phase 1 Phase one was all just about like, you know, building up these characters and who they are. But the threats, and I could be wrong, but I feel like the threats never felt parallel to what's happening now, where it's like the entire world is going to end in like every time. Every time a new series well, or a movie comes out with a hero, the world is going the universe, everything as we know it will cease to exist. Well, yeah. That is not what we were seeing in in phase one i feel so like
1: let's break that down that's a great question in iron man it was iron monger it was a tony stark individual bad guy in i in incredible hulk it was basically you know ross and the army with um abomination just trying to take down the hulk in iron man 2 it was just justin hammer and uh whiplash kind of like you know trying to take down tony stark and like win an arms race and whatnot um in Thor it was Loki essentially and the um and the um and the frost giants um which you know it, it wasn't our world so it didn't feel as like like as big and and whatnot because it was also like magical um and then you have Captain America which is probably the biggest one of the time because it was World War II Nazis mm-hmm. and stuff like that with the tesseract but that was clearly there to set up the Avengers movie and then even the Avengers movie like it's low key, you know, with the scepter trying to open up, like, you know, the, um, the earth to the, um, aliens. And like, that was obviously very big, but like, you're totally right. Now Eternals, they're trying to destroy, you know, the whole galaxy and universe in like one movie. And, you know, at least Shang-Chi was still a father, a father, uh, son story about, about like villains and stuff like that, which is why it works.
0: Well, so you get the yeah okay. What right. so right. we step back for a second. I, I, I think I think what what I take away from from Moon Knight is that I loved watching Steve and Mark balanced and working together, it was flipping awesome. back and forth using Super their skill satisfying. sets. It was so satisfying so much that I was like, I see him helping the Avengers. I see her helping the Avengers. Mm-hmm. This now makes sense. I can see, I can see her and Anthony Mackey like talking about their wingsuits. I mean, you know, not that he's that anymore, but like I, this works for me now. And they're two really unique and interesting superheroes. Sure. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway from this entire thing was like, I get this now. And this is cool and unique. I think that what I thought I was seeing with all those souls weighing, I I started to see parallels with Eternals because it's like, you know, these bigger gods, Celestials in this case are like, are these humans even worth it? Like what is worth saving here? So I started seeing like, could that be factoring in the stuff? I, I think that they're, they certainly had this very organized path in phase one through, 3 with the gauntlet the infinity gauntlet story of sure. weaving the stones in so that they could use that as like the breadcrumb into each thing i i they so the marvel uh you know um team has has gone on one of their retreats that they are known to go on to like plan and i'm really curious like if we're going to start to see more um, projects announced following, you know, the next couple weeks, because it just seems like there are so many very specific threads out there, whether or not they all work. I don't know that Moon Knight necessarily d- is, a, is a little bit, um, you know, wackadoo at sometimes, but it, everything is so crazy that it's like, you you have a plan for all of these to make sense together, right? Also, do we know if this is 616? Because I know that people talked about that one reference to like a sign about the blip, but I don't think that was necessarily blip. That was like finding, you know, the people close to you or or something. It was something vague that could be about like, you know, Mark getting in touch with his inner self and balancing his scales. I mean, maybe... I don't know that we know that this is the same. Not that we would ever know that, or that it is obviously something we need to know right now. But that was, you know, some weird thing in my head that was like, well, maybe this doesn't matter because this isn't 616. But mean, again, that, be, that that's crazy. Knows? I mean, they have mm-hmm. to make these have stakes. If and if it's not our universe, we need to know like what it is uh, and why we should care. But I uh yeah, I don't mind that everything is like an end of world situation. It's if anything I'm like I can't wait to see which kind of end of world we're going to come up with next because I like when the stakes are really high like that. It's cool when they can actually make it seem like a lot and it's not end of world, something like just another villain. But the villains always have some horrible big this could this could have huge implications. Sure. So, um it didn't it's, bother me quite as much, but I think it was, it did end anticlimactically for me and it did, um, you know, follow some tropes and it did have, but I wanted to see the suit. I wanted to see them fight. I wanted to see what happened to yeah. her and I did. So totally. I guess that I felt well, satisfied in that way.
1: I was very satisfied when they were working together and like flipping between the suits. That was awesome. Um, I, I mean, I was very satisfied by her. She was just like the introduction of the suit. Her turning down Kanshu and then saying yes to Taurette, like all of that stuff Tourette was, just, was like, so funny. We we're so, so much funny fun together. <laughs> like that was awesome. But then, like the last two minutes of this episode, just like happened so quickly. Yeah, it was,
0: it was a very abrupt, weird ending.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I, that was not satisfying at all. Um, and uh, and like the th- yeah, it, it just like. I thought the fights were really cool. I expected a fight. I'm not saying that I didn't want the things that I expected. I just expected a little bit better execution of the narrative.
0: So what did you guys think of the Stephen Mark, like reconciliation moment in the same, like how that worked through Osiris's gate back into real world? What did you guys think about that?
1: It was fine. It got the narrative plot job done. Did you expect it? I mean, sure, I didn't it. necessarily expect it. Yeah, totally. I absolutely expected oh, him I didn't. to turn. Uh, in what way did you not expect it?
0: Well, I didn't know you could just turn around and like, be back in the duot. Oh, but I, I also mean, I,
1: I didn't expect, I, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I absolutely expect him to go back for him, then be able to balance it and open the door together. Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't. How, I, I thought it was like a sacrifice. Well, I, I just thought he had him in him he'll find him in within himself already. you know, oh, like the piece of him that okay. was always sure. there. But, yeah, i I thought, um, I liked that moment. It was like it was kind of a little bit reminiscent of Harry Potter to me with like a sacrifice that leads to something, you know, really good, like mm-hmm. that, like you get, you know, um and I and again, I think that getting the two of them back is really special. I just don't know how they fight. Going for, They're not going to be able to use the suits because they don't think Khonshu is, is uh, you know, possessing them anymore. So they can't actually be of much use without them knowing. And they eventually will find out that they are still being controlled by him through Jake and Khonshu's relationship. But uh, I do have questions about, like, how they proceed.
1: I mean, they're just, it's uh, just a man living with DID, but he has it a little bit more under control.
0: Well, right, but we—if we, we want to see them help, you know, fight with the Avengers or like do more missions, they're going to well, yeah, have. to, he's not going to gonna
1: like... join. He's not going to join the Avengers until he figures out Jake Lockley and Conchu. Exactly. Concho. Yeah, and yeah.
0: then he's never going to be able to just be on his own. He's going to have to have Conchu attached to him forever.
1: Well, it, it, there are some as long comics. As to there are some comics where he's able to uh, dis associate himself with conchu like in terms of being his master but mm. still have the conchu powers and the suit
0: well he did sort of mm. stand up for himself a lot more in this one just like yeah, i definitely. loved i loved Layla at st- standing Hi, up for her leave for me herself. alone <laughs> what was that is that steven
1: yeah that was, <laughs> that, that, was that sounded like a together. muppet
0: <laughs> um <laughs> i yeah i i i don't that yeah, i don't know um I want to say, though, I think that the costumes in this show are extraordinary. They look just as good while Mm -hmm. they're in action as they do standing still. I love all these, like, like linen-y layers that they're wearing in their normal clothes. These, like, fun, cool – like, I loved her, like, mask, hood. I don't know why Harrow did not, like, sense her presence there, but anyway – um, I think their suits looked great. I think you know it's hard for Marvel to get the costume right right away, the the superhero costume. Yeah, and I think they got these really good. Mm-hmm. I I know it's CGI'd on to him, but even when it's not, and he's wearing some form of a practical suit, it still looks really good. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to shout out the costume designer. And I think her name is Megan Kasperlich, and I think she cool. just did a really good job. Um, so yeah.
1: Should we talk a little bit about how we thought this whole series? Excuse me. Handled mental health. He's
0: getting emotional.
1: How (laughs) handle mental health. Please. Um, Jamie, how do you think this handled mental health? You're the expert. Um, we're just, I'm
2: going to, I'm going to give it a, a big old meh. Um, especially as you were talking about the finale, like, I guess I'm still confused. How can his how can his scales be balanced when there's a whole nother altar mm-hmm. that he is not yet made aware of? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. That we previously saw like locked up in the in the tomb sarcophagus thing. thing. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I don't I don't understand. Um, I don't understand that. I don't understand. So I'll say like as a mental health professional, my my work has like very limited touch with dissociative identity disorder. However, in the grand scheme of like dissociation, it's like it falls on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we might find ourselves dissociating like if you – if you've ever noticed that you're just kind of staring off into space or someone's like, Hey, like you, what's going on? Like that's like a mild form of dissociating on Mm -hmm. like the, the one side of the spectrum. So just kind of like disconnecting from reality to some degree. And then like, on the total opposite end, you have disassociative identity disorder. And there's a bunch of other experiences in between where like, you don't feel like you're really part of reality. You don't, you don't feel like you're in your body. You feel like you're watching your body from afar, other things like that. So, um, a lot of these, uh, like a lot of these experiences of dissociation are connected to experiencing trauma and like high stress, things like that. So, um, In terms of like that connection, like that, that I thought was represented like very well and accurately, like, you know, he experienced like really horrible, multiple horrible traumas as a kid and, and then like as a result, which also tracks because like DID as again, as far as I'm aware is something that typically manifests in, in childhood. Um, and like definitely when it comes to trauma. So like that's all tracking. The first thing that really doesn't make sense to me though is like my understanding of like how alters work and like how other parts work within DID is that like it's not happening consciously first of all and second of all it's it's like in order to like psychologically protect the 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 I'll say like the primary Mm -hmm. person. Um, I don't even think that's the right terminology, but um, so it does not make sense to me that there is this altar that is created that is Steven that also is not aware of the trauma that he experienced and Mm -hmm. that Mark, the main primary
0: person. I think in the show they call it the original.
2: Yeah. Um, that he's the one that is aware of everything that happened because that's that's kind of the opposite of of my understanding of DID. Is that like the altar is the altar is the one that is present during the trauma. So if Stephen like presented himself for the first time while he was experiencing like physical abuse from his mom, he's the one that should have known that that happened he's the one that should have like every time that he's present around his mom or even like when his mom passed away all of those things he should have been aware of not the other way around so it doesn't make sense to me that that mark is the one still carrying all of this even though the altar was created in that time unconsciously to protect him from experiencing that trauma and pain.
0: Well, my understanding was that though they introduced Stephen to us in the mirror of that really horrible day that it would have been marked to switch right back. And then from then on, he gave himself Stephen to escape to when his mom was coming or when things were getting bad that way, that way, which I I know is still an issue because then Stephen is like some sense Stephen should be aware, but that Stephen was there as a respite from, when moments were good, when when he could just call his mom and his mom wouldn't answer, so he just went about his existence thinking that his mom was just not picking up the phone. But it was confusing that they introduced Stephen through the mirror in the moment that there was about to be this horrible like abuse happening. Yeah, because they didn't I show would, us that he switched back because to, to to take right. the abuse,
2: right? And I, and I would view it. I would view it more the opposite way of like, as a result of Stephen having consciousness and awareness in that moment, it's actually Mark who has the respite. And part of what happens with DID is like, there is a lot of memory loss that happens. Like people talk, like, again, another experience is like dissociative amnesia or fugue where like a big chunk of it is like memory loss. So Mm. again, if, if Mark is not, you know, psychologically present, like he, like that's, that's how I would read that as is like, he's actually the one taking a backseat again, like this shouldn't be happening consciously. It would be happening, you know, because the psyche is trying to protect itself from, being fully present and aware. And it's like, you know, when you, when you listen to stories about other people who are survivors of abuse and trauma and other things like that, they'll often describe this experience of like an out of body experience where like they are disconnected from themselves. So it's almost as if they are like not fully present and a part of what's happening. And so like, that's kind of why for me, it doesn't really make sense because like, He I feel like if this is if this is his altar shift, like he would then have this distance from what's happening and like that's why Beeflip. But I I understand what you're saying as well of just like the role that
0: he's supposed to be playing. That's really interesting. So do you think a lot of so the rules of this show in general with the DID and actually in like the magic and the gods and sort of the boundaries? I don't like it when rules are not very clear, and I think that there are a lot of unclear rules in this whole sh- series. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the issues sort of, of depicted through DID were illogical, insensitive, or both? Or are you like do you, do you think it leans one way? Because I I know they had somebody on on the set at all times. I don't know it, in to what capacity they were used as a consultant about this, but I don't know. I wonder if they just said, this isn't going to make a lot of sense, but we can do this and not be insensitive about it. Or do you think it's harmful to depict it in a way that is like not logical?
2: I think, I mean, I think that's a really good question. And I think obviously like I'm always thinking about how the media is portraying mental health and like what is the purpose of using mental health and mental illness in this particular, like, media? Mm-hmm. Like, how is it telling a story? How's it being used? Is it used to like, you know, perpetuate stigma and like harm around folks with mental illness? And and like, this isn't helpful. I think that it's illogical, maybe a little bit insensitive in like the idea that at the end, they're so easily able to, um, you know, reconnect and like again. It's like, oh, we've resolved all of this, and like we can decide when which of us is present. When I think I was actually like, you know, doing some research and prepping for this episode, and one of the things I was reading is that like, you know, for some folks who experience DID, the goal isn't necessarily to like come together with all of their parts. And like that's not possible for some people, and so I think, and I think, I think that concept would be very hard for like the general public to really, you know, jive mm-hmm. with. And so like I don't think that that would be something that they would put in here of like, no, it, it all just has to, you know, connect back together. Like people aren't going to be satisfied with, you know, the idea of something being fractured yeah. and 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 still in pieces. So I think that, um, but I do think it's interesting, just like thinking about that as an idea and that like maybe there's elements of this that are like a little bit insensitive, but also all of this is, I mean, it's a, it's a comic book, right? So it's like, I Mm -hmm. think there also has to be this understanding that, um, you know, they're, they're using mental health, mental illness. They're using DID as a way to tell a story about this particular character and like how his background has led him to, becoming this superhero. Yeah. Um, but I think there's always going to be some challenges in, in portraying it exactly perfect. And, and I appreciate that, like, if they do have somebody on staff, that's kind of like helping advise and and talk through some of this stuff and saying like, Hey, these things might not make sense, but like, you know, maybe there's other areas where you can kind of like make this as accurate as possible. And like, yeah. we can kind of chalk this up to being a comic book story that people will be okay if it's not like a hundred percent accurate
0: yeah i mean i like the idea that they show you can find your strength when you have this disorder and you can you know if if there are people that can never truly you know um i guess get rid of or or suppress their other alters and like you know, be comfortable as the original. I'm sure I'm using a million different wrong words here. Um, there if there are people that truly can never get to that point and they have to live with it, is it is it a cool thing to see um a albeit over-the-top version of that working out, or maybe a very simplified um depiction of that working out, or is it like, this is a horrible thing that <laughs> we should not be showing as possible um <laughs> because i as someone who knows nothing about it i loved that he that he, even all the fractures he made it a way he accepted everything and they get to work together and they each have wonderful parts that make the whole
2: mm-hmm. but
0: i do yeah, I, I also wonder if people who know more about this watch this and say, this is ludicrous. <laughs> this is absolutely ludicrous.
2: But this is also not the first time that we're seeing, like, mental health depicted in the MCU. Like, we've seen a ton of people experience trauma mm-hmm. and try to deal with their PTSD. And, like, I I, th- I like I am... I, I think, if anything, it's like, how do you again, if you're trying to use these in, in the stories that you're telling, like is part of it to destigmatize and like bring awareness that like, not just us with, who aren't superheroes have these issues, but like also the people that we're looking up to are very much dealing with these things. And like, for that, I'm like in the same way that you love to see like intersectional identities being portrayed in all of these superheroes, I think it was really intentional to, you know, to highlight the Scarlet Scarab, and and so like I think that this is also a way to just like continue to, you know, see more diversity and yeah in the MCU and like and like to that I think I'm I'm grateful and it's I think it's going to be hard again to like be exactly perfect, but at least they're at least they're trying like that mm-hmm. that I feel like it comes across as like it's it seems pretty intentional and it doesn't seem reckless. Yeah. And and like they are trying to, you know, portray this in a way that's like as grounded as they think they can make it while also still being like a world filled with like heroes and villains and magic and aliens and, and things like that.
0: Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I know. I think I feel like all those people of Cairo just did not get the therapy that they will need after oh what happened they need to them. so
2: like, much. I mean, there are crisis p- counselors that oh, help yeah? with like, yeah, like whenever there's like big natural disasters, like there's crisis counselors that come out and like provide support for situations just like this. When a God, you know, grows 20,000 feet tall and steals all your souls, like that's where crisis counselors come in.
0: Yeah, and, like, turn to the sky and, like, blows up cars. I mean, it was just these poor people of Cairo. They've I, really I would, been through it.
1: The one thing I would argue just against all that is, like... Oh, hi, I, Brian. You're still there. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I can also imagine a version of this where, like, only, um, only Moon Knight and Harrow could could see the giant gods behind them. Yeah. Whereas everyone else was mm. just looking at Moon Knight and Harrow fighting each other. Um,
0: sure. But again, they didn't set those rules
1: already. No, totally. Which is a mistake totally. on their end. And yeah. even if they didn't see a giant crocodile and a giant like bird skull, like they would, they would have still seen like you know this purple magic fighting this like mummy. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Right. Do you think they saw the souls?
1: Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. know. That's a good question.
0: It's really so purple. Are we like, that's what we think? I know. Well, I mean,
1: has her magic colors.
0: I know. I have my color theory and I think the purple, when I think of purple, I think of, um, Agatha. I think of Agatha. I think of Dormammu. I think, or, or, uh, I guess I should say, um, what's the dark dimension guy? Um, Cassilius well they're going to who's their person that they're like that they're trying to uh that yeah. that Mads is trying is it Dormammu like no who's oh no it is Dormammu, Dormammu. You, yeah, he's yeah. the dark dimension. yeah yeah Casilius. right um uh who else do I see I think of Kang uh I don't know why I think he's wearing that purple yeah maybe that's it purple and then i think of um black panther for some reason yeah because of the, uh, the energy right those flowers or whatever um yeah I, I i think that they met i think that they didn't set up some of the rules like of how the avatars work and the gods like they're all dead now and like why had no one take like why would did ta- tarot's like a great hang why was there no avatar for her by now like, she should not be hustling to find an avatar. <laughs> That's wild to me. She's, like, a great catch. And, you know, all of the other avatars are just dead. Like, I I, I just don't understand some of this. But um, what is really cool, I, I was reading an article that said, so Oscar Isaac is actually a twin. And they're not identical. But in all of those scenes in the asylum, or the psych ward, um, it was his brother that did all the scenes with him and, you know, they CGI'd Oscar yeah. but he act, got to act with his brother, which I thought was really cool. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Isn't that
0: delightful? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Also, um, the uh, Jamie, you had mentioned, like, the use of, like, mental health as, like, the place where, like, bad people go as well was not ideal?
2: Oh, when he, you mean when Harrow ends up in the institution? Yes. Yeah. Not a fan of that. I, that didn't make any sense to me. So,
0: what do we think of this? What? What did? did what did, did? Did it get switched? Did? 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 By seeing the bloody feet of Harrow, did Harrow now see his life? Was he in the duot? Was he in the like the sort of his purgatory? And it, and it was a doctor's office, and st- like, st- and just like Harrow was a character in Marx, uh, you know duat we will call it was Mark a character in Harrow's now because then, but then his asylum looked totally different. It was yellow and like a real asylum.
1: No. Yeah. So I Harrow's was real. The the yellow
0: version was real.
1: They, they put him there when he was, when Ahmed is in him and he's just kind of like incapacitated, they put him in that asylum for sure. That was real. On the flip side, um, that was still Steven was able to just like fully escape from his duo because he was seeing the real things come in, like the the feet bleeding, and he was like, "Oh, mm. this is this is the real thing. I'm able to separate myself from it and pull myself out of my mind palace or whatever uh, it is, okay, and okay, recognize okay. that piece." Whereas what we saw in the finale, uh, in the in the in the after Stinger. credits sequence, Stinger is 100 like real life that's real what we're, what jamie's saying is like oh you can explain something I'm, I'm gonna meet myself
2: oh i don't know what i was gonna say well what i was i guess like the other the asylum that Stephen and mark are in mm-hmm. is like i guess his brain where he's like processing all of that stuff like i imagine let's say for the sake of this when he's dissociating like that's where he goes the problem is like when he died then they both they all went there because now he's dead so like right. it's not like one of them like i imagine it i mean i don't know i'm just making this up but um it but i think good. it's still that that's my that's my theory but i, love it. I think it's Trademark. problematic <laughs> i think it's problematic that they put hair like how does harrow end up in an, like why is he is he, are, are they saying that he's mentally ill because they put Amit in him is Amit like the avatars are are like have some of the power of the gods, but it's not like the gods are like living within them. And so now you have a situation where Ahmet is sealed in Harrow. Are they like coexisting in Harrow's body? Is he like able to hear? Because he said a comment at the end where he was like, oh, you can't kill us or something like that. And it's, like, so are they just, like, cool with one another? And so if that's the case, again, how is he in an asylum where, like, nobody is questioning how he got there? If he's presenting as, like, totally fine and they're both conscious in Harrow's body, like, like obviously we don't see any of that. But I'm just getting really mad because I'm, like, why does he have to end up in a mental institution?
0: My, my, my assumption was – because I didn't really – I stupidly didn't question it – was that, like – Harrow was, Harrow was like, like a cult leader, like Koresh, like just a lot of strange, um, demons going through him. So I, I sort of thought that he, he, while the other avatars seemed relatively, um, uh, what is the correct word? Unassuming or um humble or um I don't know like cool with their avatariness. Harrow seemed on the opposite end of the spectrum. So maybe they were like, y- we can't, we don't know what to do with you, which is, you know, all also not great. Maybe they are trying to get him help and they put him there because they're like, you are not judge getting to judge everyone. Not everyone has tattoos on their wrists. But also,
1: we have to think of it also, Jamie said this before, we also have to think of it as like being an avatar and the actual God living outside of you, but you and be able to speak and act through you as a human being like on this earth is very different from the fact that they put they put Amit into his body as if he was one of those statues. So Ahmed is being like held in him. He is the urn. He Mm. is the, you know, piece there. So because Ahmed is actually in him, like that is clogging his brain or making like filling him up in a different way than like actually like working through him. Right. Um, So when Mark is going to kill him, Mark makes the decision that like, he's not going to kill him because he's, if Conchu wants to kill him, Conchu can kill him himself. Like, like I did my job here, like free me. Um, and that's why he says, like, you can't kill me. Like, not because like it was a mo like an ego emotional thing, not necessarily like like uh, you know, because we're X, Y, and Z, but like um uh also it was very weird that they showed Ethan Hawk like moving his finger in that one scene when like he doesn't come back to try and like take them out. It was that it was super weird. The weird but, thing um,
0: from Oh, gone.
1: Oh no, but just to end that, like. Like, I don't love that they put him in the institution, but I understand that he's basically that statue standing on the shelf waiting to be broken open um, versus, like, you know, like an actual avatar, you know, like everybody else. And then by killing the body that he's in, that essentially, like, kills Ahmed. So I think we're supposed to believe at the end of this, I'm sure Ahmed will come back and like why the hell not? Does that it? like Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it frees Amet, but at least it, it removes them because because
0: I, I would think that the gods can heal their. I mean, maybe it's, I thought maybe it's just Kanshu but I thought that you, by nature of be of have of being the avatar, you can be healed by the god that's inside of you.
1: Right, but he's so, not an avatar.
0: Uh, he's
1: not Harrow. At the end, when they when they trap Amet into him, he's not an avatar anymore. He's the vessel in which they're trapping Amet.
0: Oh, I think I missed that.
1: The idea is that... They there's another way
0: to do this?
1: Well, that was the whole point. They wanted to use an actual person's body as to like trap the god. Oh, I as see. Like oh, because then he's
0: vulnerable, right? He's more that's, vulnerable. That's why to, she says Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it. yeah. As opposed to being the actual avatar. Again, <laughs> there's a lot of rules in this, that, and there are not a lot of rules in this.
0: Yeah. The other thing that was weird is like, Mark is very capable. Steven's very capable, and like they're like in a position where they're they're about to just be totally killed in the fight sequence at the end. How good is Jake that he can get them out of this? Maybe it's because he has no. Um, maybe he is he has no empathy. He is. I mean, I guess you would call that a actual psychopath, where you don't feel empathy or remorse, or consequences. Like, maybe because he's unlocked in that way, he can, like, do crazy fight. But, like, these boys can do crazy fight already. Why is Jake, like, not, I don't know, the
1: king of the world? going back to our (laughs) previous conversation that Jamie was talking about, like, maybe Jake Lockley is the one who took the beatings. Like maybe right, we, we still stand. don't know, That's right? That's also what I expected. I also expected us to get a little bit more about like when Jake Lockley showed up, um, in in that like reveal, and st- you know, at the end, and like sure, yeah. season two or whatever, um, but um, yeah. I, I also, like, if I blacked out and my 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 ex wife was standing there and she said, "Mark, what just happened?" I would be like, hey, can you tell me exactly what you saw? Were you watching? Yeah. Did you film it? Did somebody film it? Like, right.
2: Like, no, all their souls just got sucked yeah. out of them. This was the I know. First
1: like, did time, everyone
0: block out? Right.
1: This was the first time. Uh, well, actually, no, the second time. The first time that the kid killed himself. But this, this, this time was the first time that, like, somebody survived a Jake Lockley attack that, like, could talk about it. And yeah. like, like, so let's hear about it. And she was just standing over there. She was just, she was stuck with the moon onto the car. I know
0: you're right. That was, that was a missed opportunity. Talking, Layla.
1: But also like, what's up with Layla and him? Like at the end, like I get it's a TV show. I understand and whatnot. And we're getting it. What what's up with okay? Layla and him? Like at the end, it's just like, we beat him. And then he just like wakes up in his apartment. He's like, I guess I'm still tied to the beam. But I'm also, why is he doing that? Are they af- yeah, Are they afraid that like they know there's a third person in there, so they don't want that person to escape? I think they're
0: afraid of the blackouts. And my guess is that they are deeply disturbed by the fact that both of them cannot remember these very violent segues seeming. And I think that they, to assure that, I think that they feel that way. Um, maybe Mark... Doesn't maybe Mark doesn't trust Khan, the Kanshu will leave him alone, so he's like, "I'm gonna tie us up here because I don't want that man coming in and trying to possess us." Mm-hmm. I, that that's what I took from it. Um, but yeah, there's there was some there there were some issues it, for, with this show to be sure. But I I I let it go most of the time because I again I care about the uh, the re, like what this means for things going forward. And I think it, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of still questions I have about how this will work going forward. But I do think that they would be really fun to, you know, beat up some bad guys with, you know, they can join, like putting them in a movie with the guardians would be wild. Putting them with the eternals. They would be like, these guys are duds. Uh, putting them with, you know, captain America, Steven would just nerd out. I I don't know. It it would be fun. Um, But yeah, it was it was a bit murky at times.
1: What would we rank this, everybody? The whole series out of 10. How many moons would you give it? How many nights would you give it? How many hippos?
0: Well, let's see. I'm talking out loud. I'm thinking out loud. So WandaVision to me is like. I don't think anything's been a... None of the shows have been a 10 for me. is probably a 9. Loki is a 9 or an 8. Hawkeye is like a 7. Uh, Falcon's like a 5. Sure. <laughs> and this might be a 6. Okay. I don't think it's as good... Mm, it might be actually as good as Hawkeye. Because Oscar's really good... It's it was it was interesting, uh, but Hawkeye had some, you know, I, yeah, maybe, maybe a seven, a six or, or a seven. What about you guys,
1: Jamie?
2: I think I feel similarly, like somewhere between the six seven range. Because I agree, like I think Oscar Isaac was like really excellent in this. I think most of what we're like complaining about is more of just like the story, but I think all the performances were excellent. So yeah, I'm like torn between the two.
1: Yeah. I would say a seven. Um this ranks higher than a lot that like than than those. I would say it it, it's around a seven. Uh I I would have given this much higher, like much higher if this had landed the uh uh if this had landed this finale. But Mm -hmm. like I really feel like this finale let me down on many levels. And um, I I I, that brings it down to a seven for me. So what do you
0: think your favorite episode was in this? Probably
1: probably five.
0: The one where like that that switches the tone like at the end, like when we are in the duet. Yeah, I I liked four.
1: I liked four and five. One got me was good. Three was pretty like two and three were meh. Uh, four was more. Four was the one that felt Indiana Jones ish, which was super fun. Which was
0: the one that had the really annoying, like the really frustrating court scene. That was, I thought, three or was that four? Where, like, he's like, where four. you know they're being tried. Four.
1: And
0: that was four, four be-
1: because three, excuse me, four because five is the whole thing takes place in like the Duan, and they're like, we have to get Kancho freed. So Kancho is already, you know, in the little statue. Um, yeah, in that's five, true. Or that's but I, I, I did not, uh, yeah, this, this really let me down a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, I still, here's the thing, I still had a great time watching it. I still enjoyed turning it on every Wednesday. I was never like, I'm, I have to stop watching this. I never fell that way. I will love season two, but like, I, I'm, I'm, I have, I'll be honest. I have a little Marvel fatigue, um, uh, mm-hmm. from these TV shows. Um, it's all the same. Um, what makes some of these TV shows exciting is the new voices and eyes that we get to, to to put on this, but also moving the phase four plot is exciting. And as much as I love these these origin stories and these like juicy slice of life things to these characters, like right. you that I know what your plot points are. I know how you're getting there. You gotta put something else in there to like spice it up. And you don't have to. Chang Chi didn't and it was it was absolutely delightful from beginning to end um and i'm i'm nervous for doctor strange tomorrow because for months years we've overanalyzed the hell out of everything and i think that we're just completely overestimating what this movie's going to give us um from a, like from a, like an easter egg point of view and i think that like i'm going in tomorrow focusing on the fact that we're getting a Sam Raimi Marvel movie again, but like in the MCU. And like, and like, let's see what character work he brings to this. Let's see like what he brings to it from his perspective. And and like we'll see how it moves the plot forward. But like I I, I if I go in thinking that like, well, we're going to get this and this and that, like the movie will be ruined. And I think that we're doing this to ourselves.
0: Well, two things. One, you have to do this to yourself because you have a podcast. So you have to actually think (laughs) about these shows and analyze them and do research, Brian, because then no one's going to listen to us. So that's the nature of the beast. So we can talk about that privately. If you don't want to do this anymore. Second of all, um, I think that you're right. I think that uh, I'm really interested to hear about, tomorrow uh, or to to see tomorrow but i think we the only reason that the only time i think we've been proved wrong is the end of loki where we had this wild highfalutin idea that kang was gonna be there and they did that
1: and wasn't that delightfully satisfying still
0: yes and that's why i'm saying who's to say they can't do that to us again so oh, i think yeah that, that's why these shows we keep thinking we you know we, we could have just set our expectations and been like this is going to be extra credit we're just going to watch these origin stories and get more time with the characters but really you just need to watch the movies unless you really want to deep dive in some of the character stories so but because of loki it now makes you like, well, it could be something really interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. The thing with these so, MCU movies is, is the bottom line, the biggest, best moment from any of these MCU TV shows, I mean, was the was the expectation that when uh, when um, Peters, Evan Peters showed up in WandaVision Vision like the expectation of what these TV shows could be was thrown completely out of proportion because mm-hmm. all of these TV shows, and it's great. I'm happy that they are, are like very almost except for Loki. Cause, but we don't know how it affects everything just yet. Like yeah. are not necessarily, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, moving phase four forward. It's just like giving us more like filler, um, Although I I think that WandaVision will prove to maybe be another exception based on what we see tomorrow. Um, Yeah, but but we
0: know she was grieving when we left her in in game and we know she's grieving now. So you technically didn't need to see WandaVision. I think you would be crazy not to watch it. But I think the point that people are trying to make is like you can connect the dots without the TV shows
1: based on what they're giving us. Yeah, you didn't need any of the TV shows for Doctor Strange. You didn't, excuse me, for... um, uh No Way Home. You didn't need And I'll Right. And and, and I'll yeah, be curious to,
0: to know if what if like if the fact that we were exp- that we experienced some of these little bits and what if I'll be curious to be like I would have rather have never watched what if and walked into multiverse of madness scene. Interesting those caric- I'll be curious. I have yeah. no idea. And
2: I would never know who these delightful little I know.
0: Pops I are. mean we would never know those delightful little pops. I mean, Haley Atwell just just be my best friend. She's also, looking like, great.
1: Like she and Patrick Stewart at the premiere. Like,
0: yeah, no, they're not trying to hide that, which is yeah. a great comfort to me. Cause I'm like, sure. all right, you've said the word Illuminati. You've, we've heard you've his voice. Her, you've, you've shown, shown her shield. You've shown her shield. We know that, that you know, the gig's yeah. gig, it's up, gig is yeah. up. But <laughs> that we don't know how or why it's,
1: it's it, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> um, Jamie, thank you so much. For jumping in to tell to us nerds you. anything about anything coming to DID because I sure as hell didn't feel qualified talking about it. Um it's just such a pleasure to have a calming, smart voice with us too, Chuckle Fox. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, let's all just take a deep breath. And with that. Get ready for the multiverse of
0: madness. For actual madness tomorrow. <laughs> the actual craziest Cinco de Mayo madness. <laughs> well, nerds, you old softies. We hope you will join us this Friday for our instant reactions to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Make sure to join us in the Nerdverse by following on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at the Nerdverse Pod. Be sure to blast over and subscribe to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review us there.
0: As a small universe in a multiverse of other Nerdverses, the reviews are super important for us to grow. So thank you so much for listening and keep telling all of your nerdy friends about us. And remember, you are the only real superpower
1: I ever had. That was sweet. A that was a great cheesy, line. But that Come was sweet. on, yeah, that yeah. was a good
0: one. I thought that was not as cheesy as an egyptian superhero i mean I'm probably I loved not those
1: are in the same bracket for me though
0: oh they're both groaners to you
1: in a good way okay yeah i don't think that groaners are always bad
0: no i don't either i didn't yeah. think either of these were groaners the superhero one i was just like ah. <laughs> but this one i was like oh got hot behind the eyes